I'm pumped for this song. It's like when when we we decided. Do you remember to, the music video? No, I remember no. the music video. I don't even know if I was like watching TV at that point. I, I think I had totally transitioned into music in my room. Gotcha. All the time. Gotcha. Let's run it. But I did really like this album. Oh yeah, too. some good oh, hits. Yeah. <laughs> yes, dude. Kind of an obnoxious beginning, but I feel like that that helps. Great riff. Everyone was learning this riff. Oh yeah. I'm not a perfect person. Dude, it sounds so it's really good. good. I was yeah, gonna it say sounds so what, good. what fantastic balance between yes. like all the different parts. Not a lot going on, but oh. everything carries some weight. And the snare sounds amazing. Amazing. Mm-hmm. I never meant to do those things to you. That like kind of low guitar. I wonder if Dr. Luke was obsessed with this song because he kind of stole his guitar swag. I think so. I love that part. The acoustic coming in. Pop punk vocals. For sure that high guitar harmony. They're using the Ebo. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was big back then. I feel like the reason is like the pop punk new metal scenes Wonderwall. <laughs> right? <laughs> I could see dudes at house parties back in this era, like with their fucking Atkiss shirts, like ripping out this acoustic guitar. Dude, definitely. I can see it. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. It's a really well-produced song. Yeah. All the parts really build up. There's like kind of a synth going on. Yeah. Or it's like, it's a, like it's a, a string patch. Yeah. You hear like a string patch? This guy has a good voice. I, I can't tell if there's a ton of tuning on it, but I... I wasn't that the big thing? He, that he could sing? No. We'll get into it. <laughs> it could be... I could be... It could be a rumor. Maybe. Uh, that's the best part of the song, right? The reason is, yeah. <laughs> the hands up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Twelve stone. This is. I was gonna say this is a hundred percent a faith plus one song. <laughs> I heard it on Move. Everybody's is that what it is? Move. Move. <laughs> you can go. Uh, was it like pumpernickel? <laughs> <laughs> then the little breakdown. The strings sound great, mm-hmm. and I think it has like the classic builds of this area coming up these are such great well-written and played guitar parts there's like three going on yeah and then this one that's the best one the poison guitar part journey welcome to listen to this a podcast in which we explore songs we like we research what they mean how they're recorded why they were written why we like them and why you should listen to this Today, we're talking about The Reason by Los Angeles Rockers Hoobastank, which, what a name. We'll talk about that later, but nice. one of my favorite names of any band. Oh, you're rememberable. It, it's immediate, it immediately makes people want to be like, what is that? Yeah. Yeah. We, we didn't really expect this song to come from a band with that name. No. This sounds like it could be like a Darius Rucker country hit 10 years yeah. after, right? It does, it's just like yeah. a classic pop song. Yeah. It was released on April 27th, 2004, and it was the second single from their second album of the same name. 
called The Reason. It was a huge hit. Peaked at number two on the charts, and it could never quite get to number one. You know what number one was at, at the time? 2004? Uh, yeah. Should I know it? Uh, you might not get it from the year, but you'll know the song for sure. What artist was it? Usher. Uh, and it, it, it definitely it, wasn't, yeah. No, no, no. It's not about herpes, but it could be. Um, burn. Yeah. You, <laughs> that's not, you got it, you got That's bad. No, yeah, you got yeah, it yeah. bad. So let, let it burn. Let it burn. Let it burn. Such a good Such song. Such a great song. But the Hoobastank can never dethrone it. It's tough to beat. It's tough to beat the pop stars know, du jour. I know. Um, it did hit the top 10 in 10 other countries, and it was nominated for two Grammys. Best Pop Performance and the Elusive Illustrious Song of the Year. No which shit. It's a great song, you know? And yeah, it, wow. it hits all the beats that a great song should have. Like, yeah. You, it's recognizable from the beginning, right? The yeah, dun, the, dun, yeah, dun, you know dun, dun, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it was written by the band and produced by Howard Benson, who also produced uh, the My Chemical Romance song we did. Oh, shit. Yeah, nice. a few weeks ago, which is cool. Damn, that's yeah. just cool. Um, I've just got to, like, ask you off the bat, what was, like, your, your like, when you were growing up, like, did you have like a circle of friends who like you listened to music with and like talked about music with together? Definitely. It's like your brothers or like no, it's like with- uh, the kids that when you know there's like the group of kids in middle school that start playing instruments. And yeah, you kinda, of course. You kind of form yeah, yeah. bands and stuff. It's like that kind of crew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you guys, what did you guys? Did you ever talk about like what was the folklore about the name Hoobastank? The the big rumor for us with the Hoobastank was the reason that they for some reason, like stop making records or that the pop culture stopped messing with them is because, ooh, he used auto-tune. For some reason, I like remember this vividly growing up where they were like, oh yeah, like the lead singer, like, you know, during the recording, he sounds great, but when you go see him live, he can't hold a note at all. Oh yeah. But I was a kid, so I didn't like look it up or research it, but I just remember that rumor. But listening to this recording, it doesn't sound that auto tuny Yeah, I think you have to be pretty bad live to sound bad. Yeah. Because, like, the moment is so fast. Yeah. And I, I saw them a couple times But live. for some reason, and I don't yeah. know if it's tr- true, but yeah. I just remember that this is what we were thinking when we were, like, in eighth grade. Yeah, yeah, of you course. Know? Yeah, we were like, oh, he couldn't, he couldn't play live. Meanwhile, we're, like, fucking around, can't even play, mm-hmm. like, a chord. Little you know? did we know, too, that even great singers would have to start using auto-tune because people are now want the sound yeah, of it. They don't they, even need it for, like, a pitch correction. No. Right? Yeah, they don't even need it for pitch correction. There's yeah. great singers, but there's just it does something weird to your voice that like people like that people now. like. It just does so something weird. weird. We're so into process. Yeah, shit. it's a weird. It like <laughs> compresses the high end in a weird way. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, it's cool though. It's like it doesn't really bother me. I don't hear it on this track. It doesn't sound like. A few years after this is when I would start noticing the tuning on everything. And like, yeah. God bless them. I feel bad calling them out on this podcast because I was obsessed with their first record. I thought they were really good. But the first time I noticed it was when I listened to that band from Marietta, Cartel. Uh, and I was like, you. oh my God. <laughs> was they had a lot of auto-tune? Yeah, you could just hear the wavering in that way. They, they, the, were they recorded at uh, Tree Sound? Uh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I remember what was crazy about the reason is that I would hear it like on 99X, which was like the rock station here. Yeah. And it would like play after a Shine Down track yeah, or like yeah. a Godsmack track. And then I'd flip over to like Star 94, which is like the pop station. And they'd play the reason after like destiny's child yeah. or whatever and it was just kind of everywhere you go to like the light rock station where they yeah. play like hootie and dave and they'd sneak the reason on it really is a crossover yeah. track well that's it what really i wanted is. to ask you like 
what do you think that means? Like what, what is it about something in a musical or like even production or mixing sense that mm-hmm. makes something crossover? Cause obviously it's, it's timing, it's promotion, whatever, but fuck that. We don't like talking about that. Stuff. Right. I think it's, I think crossover is so interesting. Crossover is genre, um, ambiguous. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can, it's like light pop rock. I mean, it's this is pop, a rock song, yeah. but it also could just be a pop song. Yeah. And the message is so simple yeah. that, and it's like all the different communities of like music listeners yeah. can understand the song. Yeah, I agree. It's they like, can be accessed by the song. When you're, when by the time you hit that first chorus, you're like, I'm familiar with the song. Like right. I know what to expect. Right. And then like. It just sounds really good. That's like what I wanted to ask about the crossover thing too, is like, how do you make a record that has these traditionally rock instrumentation, but it it would play well after not just like heavier rock, but also like R&B or pop yeah. music. I, like, you know what it might be for me is it might be the piano and the strings. Yeah. Oh, that really helps smooth tie and the then, and together. Then, and then the chorus, not not like jamming hard, but yeah. kind of like just opening up. The guitar, the acoustic guitar is the what, acoustic guitar, and the strings are what open up the chorus. Exactly. Not like a louder, crunchier no, guitar, exactly. which is kind of like what exactly. was going on at the time. I feel like in order to cross over, you can't really use the things that define a genre. Oh, that's really a good point. Yeah, yeah. Because You I'm, have to kind of borrow from all the different genres. Yeah. It's kind of like when you think about rap artists that have like crossed over to like pop and stuff, like they, you have to leave some of the things that define this as like a yeah. rap song away in order to cross over to this like pop world. It's like in order to be everything to everybody, you have to be no, not yourself And that's anymore. the ambiguity. Yeah. That's like, yeah. it's like, if they had made that chorus really rock hard, yeah. it's like, uh, does it play the same? I don't know. Which, like, I don't know. Like, I, I, I you know, we have almost 20,000 downloads on the podcast, so I don't know who listens. But, like, if you weren't around for this era and you don't know who was saying, they're fucking kind of a little bit more on the aggressive rock side. Like, they had that song, um, Crawling in the Dark. Love that song. Famously used in Mountain Dew commercials, right? Yeah. Which is great. Great pairing. Yeah. Out of Control was <laughs> Out of Control is the dude. first single off this album, yeah, I think. Yeah, six, yeah. Six, and, six. like. Even their kind of acoustic ballad, the uh, so why are you running yeah, away? Yeah, it was like dude. it it got rockier in the chorus. Right. And this makes the conscious effort to be more Yeah, of like those a pop songs song. are rock songs. Yeah, yeah. For sure. That's good. That's a really good point. The infamous guitar riff was composed by guitarist Dan Estrin, who was inspired to write the music after having a motorcycle accident while on tour that's in Myrtle right. Beach, South Carolina. That's right. Have you ever been to Myrtle Beach? Yes. Yeah, it's fun. As a Carolinian. Yeah. <laughs> Spent a lot of time in Myrtle Beach. Although I vowed that I probably wouldn't go back again after my last trip. Oh, it was bad. No, it's just like just there's Myrtle nothing. Beach. It's like if I'm going to go on vacation, yeah, it's not that great. Yeah, yeah. You, I think you've, I think you've both aged out. I and think, like, yeah. Um, just like you're a different type of guy. You're not a Myrtle Beach guy I'm not anymore. A Myrtle Beach guy you may anymore. not, you might never have been. <laughs> yeah. Um, Erstrin suffered a skull fracture, and apparently came up with the premise of the tune while in the hospital. It's like most people who go to Myrtle Beach end up with just a skull fracture and an airbrush t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> he left with a hit song. Right, right, right. Dude, that's what I think about when I think about Myrtle Beach. It's like the yeah. t-shirt. And like, yeah. um, I, like I had like one really great experience. I went with mm-hmm. my roommate in college and like we were like in the water right before a storm came in, which is probably Ooh, dangerous. Yeah, probably. And we were like 
thinking I, like I, re- I remember I just gotten into Hall and Oates right before and I was just had a great time but so I was thinking about that with Myrtle Beach but yeah then also like airbrush t-shirts airbrush t-shirts sure. yeah the reason probably was a huge hit because it was featured on the series finale of Friends oh no shit yeah, yeah I didn't know this I'm not a Friends guy oh gotcha 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 no, fr- no Friends the show hardly any Friends in real life I'm really <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, fifty-two and a half million people watched the episode. Fucking so that hell. really helped boost the popularity of the tune. Yeah. Apparently, lead singer Doug Robb was not one of those fifty-two point <laughs> five million people saying, "I've never seen quote I've never seen a single episode of Friends. The only sitcom I watch is The Simpsons." But it was a good way to get the song out to a jillion people, <laughs> dude. I like that he can't even like. For a, a thing that like might have like made his career, he can't even pretend to be like you know Ross is a pretty good character or like I like Joey. Yeah, like it's, dude, it's, you it's, haven't seen one fucking I know, episode of Friends. I don't even really like Friends, and I've probably seen, seen like fifty yeah, episodes. Easily, <laughs> I even have like and then favorite dude, episodes. Uh, the Simpsons is not a sitcom. I know, I know, it's a cartoon. Yeah, situational comedy yeah. is not. It's just because a cartoon's the funny. It's in its own category. Yeah, come on, yeah. dude. <laughs> Maybe that's why Hoobastank fell off. Is because it's the same thing that happened. It's the same thing that happened to uh, which we'll call the uh, uh, the Shop Boys when they won the award and they're like, "Yeah, we just party like rock stars." And people were like, "Who the fuck are these?" Yeah, like like just blew like in front of like the whole nation. They're just like, "You fumbled the bag." You fumbled it, and your career was just a great guitar riff anyway. Isn't that your boy? Isn't that Billy? Oh, on that Shop one, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it might be, you know, Mike Hartnett. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I think it's one or two. It's one or two of them, man. Um, Dan, I guess like like the one thing I want to talk about is like how do you balance? How do you balance volumes in a track? Is it like playing with perception? Because there are parts of this track where there are three guitar parts going on in roughly similar registers. Right. There's a string thing and his vocal, but I can kind of distinctly hear everything. And yeah. I've, I've actually like never really asked anyone who has any real knowledge, like how I'm able to do that. And like, is it just me that's able to do it? Or is it like, that's what they were going for and they succeeded. I mean, definitely what they were going for. Like the, like the production behind this for sure is like the most like pristine recording they can make. Like the separation of all the instruments is, is, is top tier, which is what, which was, I think really helps the song and like the crossover arena because like rock songs are supposed to be kind of chaotic yeah like it's kind of like instead of being able to pick out all the different little things it's supposed to be just kind of like wall of sound yeah yeah it's kind of blurry the vocals are sometimes kind of a little too low the drums are a little too loud yeah because it's almost like at least back then i mean now things have changed in the world Mm -hmm. and selling out isn't even really a concept anymore it really is but like back then if you're if your mixes sounded too clear you were a fucking sellout yeah you're like oh going to going to be on the radio exactly you want to be on the radio (laughs) where nowadays people are selling out before they even record a single note of music it's like that's you got to do what it takes to survive. Yeah, I got to jump on the TikTok. I'm in the booth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm recording my song. <laughs> well, shit. That's it. That's all I got. I found a reason. If you've got a reason to subscribe to this podcast, hopefully we gave you one. Please rate and review. We've got a playlist on iTunes and Spotify. We've also uh, got a Patreon, which you can subscribe to. Some fun, exclusive content on there. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. Spread the word about us in real life. And we hope we've given you a reason to listen to this song. <laughs>